0: So this morning, I'd like to introduce the topic of felt meanings. It comes under the category of what in Buddhist words, sanya signs, marks, things that carry significance. Mm. On some levels, this is a purely uh, kind of uh, just navigational, like that thing there. Is a bell, not a soup dish. It could be a soup dish, but sitting on the cushion with a little striker next to it is probably a gong. Yeah. Good, got that one. Correct. <laughs> this thing, plant, green thing, probably don't eat it. Plant, got that one, and so on and so on and so on. Just kind of fundamental markings of experience. I mean, generally what it does is it takes a specific and it relates it to a category in a way everything is specifically exactly what it is and yet we say oh that's man woman Mm -hmm. something like that we relate to a specific we relate the specific to the general in fact the general doesn't really exist it's mind, it's created by the mind, we categorize experience there's not a single woman here or a man Mm. there are just shapes that remind us of women shapes that remind us of men and so on if you look into your own direct experience about yourself what do you experience? Male, female, feeling properly, sensations, happiness, sorrow. Male, female. You know, if you're with other people who are male or female, that may trigger oh, she's just like me, another woman, because you see this thing in the mirror. Yeah, or whatever happens like that. But that still is a category see something, certain features, bracket, woman. The person themselves doesn't experience that in their own intimacy. They experience feelings, tendencies, energies, sensations, mind states, emotions. And particularly in a social context, they probably would feel, oh, I'm a woman because there's a lot of men around here. And that might feel perhaps... Mm, not quite so safe or I'm different energy comes with it another felt meaning comes in which is a little more potent different how's that going to be and I arrive at a feeling of comfort and harmony with others these are big human topics not just the felt meaning based upon sight which just signifies male-female but the felt meanings that are associated with um, heart, emotion uh, such as welcome, threatened, seen as inferior, seen as superior, seen as a target Mm, quite a lot there this is a felt meaning that touches the heart these are, these are perceptions based upon um, these are mental perceptions when I mean mental I don't just mean you know intellectual they're more like emotionally based perceptions and these are the ones that really are moving around for us we're checking out am i welcome? am i okay? am i doing the right thing? what other people feel about me? this kind of thing's happening more or less almost on a subliminal level we place ourselves in the ways in which we will feel i'm just going to check this out until i feel okay quite normal in fact good idea (laughs) negotiating the scenario human scenario you get felt meaning. You think mm-hmm. this feels okay. Notice that experience. How it really is our fundamental navigation. Perhaps more so than sight or sound. Mm-hmm. But this sense of felt meaning is our triggering. When we right. get slightly activated, and then when we get activated, then various forms of activations occur, we call these sankara. you can call them programmes or behaviours say my defence strategy or my compliance strategy or my uh, make them do what I want strategy, domination strategy uh, let's not make me so I'm not noticed strategy, you know, I'll just be quiet and sit in the background these kind of things occur for people certainly occur for me, haven't occurred for me. And one could notice when they're getting triggered. So this is the same for all of us, I'm sure. Perhaps different things are different ways in which we get triggered, yet we all have those triggers and probably some of those uh, fundamental programmes, behaviours, activations, strategies, and so run out and they run out, and then we start speaking, acting, or dealing, having to deal with them. Life can get very busy just dealing with one's own gut feelings, felt meanings and programs, just trying to keep this stuff from becoming so turbulent that we're just overwhelmed with it. These felt meanings are not... They may have a rational basis to them, but they're not in the area of rationality, they're in the area of emotion, instinct, even imagination. And you build them up. They build up over time. So certainly when I was a little toddler, you know, I had to spend the night on my own in a in a room with a cot with bars on it so you couldn't get out there was maybe three two or three stuck in here trapped I mean parents didn't have the intention they were just trying to make sure I didn't get out and harm myself but stuck in this little cot with bars on it couldn't get out and then you're in the dark can't see anything frightened I oh, can't get out and uh, you start imagining I could hear something I could hear something something creepy the houses are full of noises aren't they little creeps and you know, sounds of things you don't know <coughs> buzzes and whirs every one of them was a monster as far as I could make out they lived underneath the bed underneath the cot they were under there Sometimes, I was living in London then, there weren't so many cars, but there were a few. This was back in the early 1950s. The car would drive by, and when it drove by, its lights would come through the window, and all the shadows would move because of the lights. You see shadows running across the room. I thought, absolutely terrified. Yeah, nice. and I'd scream out for my dad and he'd come in, what's the matter? Monsters, monsters, monsters. Well, they're under the bed. Look at him, no, no, they're not here, son. Everything's okay, it's okay. And I knew that they'd always hide when he came in. <laughs> <laughs> when he went out, he'd come back again. <laughs> you know monsters, they're like that. So I'd essentially just, just hide under the blankets just hanging on until daylight. So that was my... That was my night and you know and completely irrational totally safe well as safe as you can be house walls doors little cop nobody's gonna harm me mother and father in the next room and yet yeah, that wasn't the felt meaning that's a rational understanding that you know if a child protection officer come round and said yeah kid's fine doing the proper thing as parents yeah absolutely but for the felt meaning sense it's dark, alone, trapped strange things small, big world mysterious things flashing by fear and what do you do? you can't run away you can't get out nobody will listen to you you just basically burrow down (laughs) huddle and so that gets bookmarked I don't do that anymore incidentally but yes you know these these felt meanings act like as as you say bookmarks if you mark put a bookmark in a book you might have a 300 page book and you put a bookmark it's only really marking one paragraph and one page and yet that's the one you go to isn't it if you've got a bookmark there that's the page you flip open these felt meanings act like bookmarks The rest of the book, but you just notice the one little piece that has got that particular signifier in it. And these, of course, are uh, for everyone. We have these primary bookmarks: welcomed or loved or not loved. What we mean by love: safe, uh, somebody there for you, sympathetic, uh, giving you warmth, uh, being supportive these qualities, that possibility, and then of course the removal of it either it was there and it's gone, crash or it wasn't hardly ever there, therefore we're born or we live in a sort of attitude of mistrust holding ourselves together and as we all probably recognise you know, the removal of, of warmth and love um, it can be extremely triggering for people. People get rage, grief, despair, betrayal, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then all these things get bookmarked. Mm-hmm. It's going to get bookmarked. We get activation. Um, I think because of this. Um, delicacy sensitivity of the heart to such qualities as the removal of love the uh, presence of aggression may be attacked accused verbally physically psychologically threatened bullied either by particular things or just by an atmosphere yeah. the oppressed and when these things happen then the heart Withdraws and perhaps even sort of protective layers get built around it to make sure I don't get touched by this stuff. This is kind of natural, natural response. But it does have a crippling effect or a hindering effect. It's not to be dramatic about it, it limits one's capacity for joy, for openness, for ease, for comfort, for well-being. Also for the abundance of the heart, when it can pour out, if it's always withdrawn behind a screen, fenced off. And certainly when there are hearts that are fenced off, the relationship with others becomes confusing. we are liable to create more problems for each other also depending on how the heart is sealed off or protected or damaged then again quite human nature is that we will tend to seek our comfort elsewhere what should be provided the heart has to be provided by a drink, or something of that nature. Something just swamp it, so we no longer to feel that rather bleak or joyless state. Swamped, heart is restricted. Um, constricted heart. You can live with it. Um, I suppose a lot of people do live with it, bear with it, get on with it, live with it, but the constricted heart is actually rather weak even though it can seem tough skinned. It's weak in that uh, it easily reacts, either seals up or lashes back. The unrestricted, the Buddha is said to be someone who lives without restriction, with a heart, with an awareness unrestricted by felt meanings, uh, programs, behaviours, forms, activities, consciousness, feeling itself, does not cause his heart to be restricted, closed in, shut off, pushed around, crushed, overwhelmed, jumpy, flooded, panicking. And he had his tests, apart from his time, you know, undertaking his austerities and so on. He did. His first um, colleagues, as soon as he turned up, they didn't want to listen to him at all. Called him weak and soft because he he'd started eating food again. Still, he kept going, and uh, he had to deal with a lot of challenging debates, challenging, uh, and even his own cousin tried to kill him seven times, which could put you off. <laughs> <laughs> Family relationships, particularly in those days, you know, the Buddha was the person who gave the ordination. You know, you went for refuge to him. His own cousin sometime must have taken refuge in him as a teacher and then he got jealous and uh, first of all he'd hired he hired bowmen to shoot him with arrows and the bowman gave up got an elephant set a drunk elephant loose on him the buddha managed to calm the elephant with his quality of metta and there uh, seven, seven of these occasions so this is betrayal isn't it big time That's a very powerful felt meaning, isn't it? Someone you've taken in, looked after, tried to be supportive to, trusted, who then betrays you, either lies about you, says things about you behind your back, um, doesn't or just doesn't stand up for you. You were looking for support and they look away. So, one or two of those being bookmarked certainly causes closures in the heart I trust her, so hold my stuff together yeah. Understandable and it's uh, really so unfortunate, so putting it mildly, when if one has been let down unsupported, betrayed by people you've given your trust to That you didn't really do anything wrong. But you still have to deal with the damage they've done to you. are bookmarks. I think, by and large, in my life, it's been <laughs> relatively comfortable in many ways. But still, there are to me the the uh, the big big hits are uh, the aggression, uh, but uh, uh, the feeling of. Um, but the, probably the biggest the biggest hit is the, that sense of loss. Loss of trust, loss of loss of faith, loss of heart. It's probably the biggest bookmark you can find. It's this, you don't know your orientation. Then, like, how do I negotiate when I actually don't feel there's truth around me that I could relate to? Anger, however unpleasant, is something that's pretty straight. You can stand up to it, or you can move back. You know what it's coming. It's the sense of when things are done you know, behind you, about you, behind your back, and for people you've actually extended your your trust to, it's perhaps it really undermines the heart. So this is one of the most powerful negative felt meanings we can experience as individuals, as women who've been, you know, taken advantage of and so forth. Monasteries are not immune from this. Monastic life is not immune from this. Living communities, you come to the uh, 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 sobering truth, this is not just about other people or lay people uh, or, you know, women or any particular ethnic group. I think everybody, human beings in social groupings are problematic. (laughs) <laughs> Problematic indeed. It seems to so. This is kind of like well, okay, I'm going to live on my own. Understandable, not a bad idea. Certainly for periods of time, quite a good idea. Just uh I don't have to keep dealing with everybody else's projections. What well, they think about me, feel about me, feel I should be, feel I shouldn't be. How they're going to improve me, change me, remind me, tidy me up, fix me, sort me and then get annoyed with me (laughs) for not living up to it (laughs) I just, I want out of this movie (laughs) and that's that's understandable Uh, uh, absolutely Strange, the Buddha himself encouraged community life I mean partly because we can uh, group around uh, value, precept. we can do that we can group around cooperation, we can group around values, we can group around precepts, standards and so forth, and there's a tremendous strengthening effect that can occur across that, you've got support there when you have Kalyanamita, spiritual friends who can help to give you some backing when you're down can listen to you when you're having difficult times And and also model values. And that's certainly part of what um, it's all about. But community is also about misunderstanding. It's also about comparisons. It's also about how come he's getting more attention than I am. Who does he think he is? (laughs) It's also about... Who gets? Who has power? Who has influence? Mm. And these things carry great meanings for people, triggering meanings for people. And we find, I found certainly in uh, somewhat bizarre, that uh, being in community life as a monk has been more witnessing of aggression, betrayal and outside of it because i wasn't living in the community before i mean you know there was the, there was the, the certain betrayals uh, uh you know in terms of romantic relationships when the people i was associating with you know you have an intimate relationship when the woman would be unfaithful and that was pretty difficult and in fact this these Um, negative effects that can occur between people are almost inevitable uh, until one has really understood human mind, human heart its potential for uh, comparisons, who's better its potential for power who's in control its potential for, therefore, for jealousy. Its potential for feeling pleased with affection, and feeling lost without it. And these are all potentials that we carry. And in community life, or and most of us live at least one other person closely, maybe a group in some fair cohesive situation will encounter some of the behaviors the programs that occur around these these issues I mean, the first person in my life who said he'd really like to kill me with an axe if possible was uh, was another monk and um, this is because we were walking on arms round and I was, I was walking too slowly and he had, to, he had to walk behind me so just the fact that you, in monasticism you have this kind of structure of line-up hierarchical structure so if you got, became a monk even three hours before this other fellow you were always in front of him in terms of line so when you go arms around you go in a line so then, you, then the person, the leader of the line walks at his pace, and everybody else has to walk at the same pace so clearly this is already a setup for <laughs> 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 what's the right speed, we like to sit down and negotiate the right speed dependent on length of leg and uh, <laughs> physical age, oh no so, you know, so clearly I was walking what I thought was being mindful but it was too slow so he was really getting angry because this would go on for an hour or so every day it's a bit extreme, isn't it? But then I also felt like murdering because <laughs> <laughs> the monk behind me was just clearing his throat every minute or two. This <laughs> sound. Shut up! I'm supposed to be quiet. <laughs> so annoying. Trying to walk along quietly, and it's this guy making his sound like a wounded hippo behind you strangle him that's a bit extreme isn't it (laughs) no it's justice (laughs) can't tolerate this kind of behaviour Wow! just look at that in the mind over nothing really and yet the potential to translate that as deliberately being you know not following or being deliberately cantankerous or deliberately going too slow so he messes me up you know, he's got power over me. This kind of thing building up over nothing. You know? and uh, I think the thing with monastic life, because there's so few outlets to, you know, to relieve the pressure, to get out, to distract, to go play football or some, watch telly or something or the other. This stuff starts building up, and you do the same thing every day. So it's very much a routine. So you're going through the same piece. Where that same felt meaning gets triggered again like a piece of grit in your shoe when you're walking along you know a little bit of pebble in your in your sandal when you're walking along the only bit of your foot you notice is that and every time your foot your foot goes down you get that dang <laughs> and when it life like that sometimes the bits of gravel are only small but you keep coming down again and again and again and again, and again, and again. You feel stuck, you feel agitated, you're stuck. Why can't it change? You are stuck. They should do something about it. It shouldn't be that way. I should have to put up with this. I didn't come here for this. I came for nirvana. Why <laughs> can't be behave myself. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not just. It should be like this. It should be like that. And the stuff builds up. The heart gets the And naturally, one of the, one of the qualities of rage is that for the moment when you're in rage, suddenly your heart is big. You exploded. Oops, <laughs> <laughs> and I began to understand what rage, why people kill each other. Because <laughs> I you know I'd have killed somebody for clearing your throat, <laughs> I, w- I don't think I would have done, but that I could feel that trigger, that fire. Geez, because for that moment, the rage. Blows out the restriction that's been in your heart. The feeling of having to put up something you're free for that moment. That's what's so attractive about rage and brutality. And it's certainly popular. Is we, we blow out. For a moment we become triumphant. It's a devil. It's a demon. Triumph. Demonic triumph. The moment we overcome. And we feel right. And glory in that power. And you notice that. Wow. Of course, I've actually never harmed anybody physically or even you know, a few arguments for nothing really brutal. And yet I could see this flash of the fire, the, the demon fire rushing up from that point mm. mm. over interpreting a sound or a behaviour in terms of something deliberate, repeated, can't get away from it, shouldn't be this way, it's nagging and poking at my heart, contemplate, where does it end, where does it end, And the meanings are, this is directed to me, sometimes it is, a lot of the time, it's not redirected, really it's just the person doing weird stuff, uh, it will, um, it's, it's repeated, there's no way out of this, it's going to happen again and again and again. And on one level, you could say, yeah, that's likely, this person has his habit, he's argumentative, he's quarrelsome, he's thick-skinned, likelihood he will do this again, or he could do this again. But right now, feeling the effect on the heart, receiving negative input, oppression, the the jab, the stab, the crush of it and then feeling it and it's only once this once but it's touching a sore spot so it lights it up and the number of times that that isn't occurring we don't bookmark we don't bookmark the non- aggression we don't bookmark the non-violence we don't bookmark the generous gesture we don't bookmark those things to the same degree anyway it takes a little bit of effort sometimes to remember oh yeah that was good that was very sweet of him oh and the things they didn't do right? she she just said okay i'll do that she didn't say why should i have to do this She said, okay i'll try I didn't notice that, because there wasn't much impact there, I didn't notice the absence of impact, I noticed the presence of it, particularly when it's negative, that really struck me, it went to one of the bookmarks, yeah. and you start to recognise, actually, uh, the non-violence, the non-betrayal, the non-fear safety that's why it's very important to really bookmark these experiences so when we do things like puja it's not just a singing songs or meaningless ritual it could be of course that's the way what one makes of it but it's uh, the idea You do it actually during the puja or later is to repeatedly bring back and touch into the felt meaning of the non-violence, the felt meaning of the we were here together, the ten, the twenty, the thirty of us, and we were just it was trying to rise up, bring forth something good. How is that? The space, the openness really get a good strong feeling for it it has to be reiterated time and time again because it's something we don't bookmark uh, so this is something I make um, quite committed to not just for ceremonial purposes and I always make a point every day more so, when I was a leader of the community, for <laughs> reasons <laughs> to remember, and a list of things that other people did, which I could feel grateful for, or the absence, nobody got on my case today, or, you know, and she offered that today, and he made that gesture. And just list them and dwell upon them. this uh, capacity one has as a human being, with mindfulness, or uh, well, something called deep attention. You scan the field you your experience, and you select qualities to bookmark that give rise to supportive qualities, and you select those because the negative ones you don't have to select; they immediately you, you already. They're preloaded. <laughs> so you select the ones and you linger on. Mindfulness then is the, the ability to linger upon something, sustain and drink in the quality of that, what non violence means to you. Not just you as a person, but what it means to your heart. The sense of not having to be defended and opening. And if you do this on your own, in a locked room if you need to you know then to, to take time to do that so at least the heart has some instances of the day when it can just come out and feel that openness and innocence and that wonder and that softness and sensitivity that is possible for us and we should never lose touch with because this is where we're going to get our renewals and refreshment and rejuvenation and joy and gladness of being. Without this, life is just basically survival, which nobody does for long. So, very important to get that. Of course, <laughs> you know, I can't really complain that badly, but still the felt meanings of aggression, betrayal, and so forth, are still definitely there. They're potent, or they have been potent. And particularly, as I say, when I was the leader of a community, then naturally this is an extremely um, potent position to be in. Uh, because uh, certainly in the monastery where everybody has joined and they're in this thing and you're supposed to be leading it, directing it then you feel there's one of me and 18 of them they're facing one way, I'm facing the other way mm. right. and that's kind of the way that the monastic hierarchies work uh, and so you know, hmm, what the relationship is set up in that it's it could go either way it could be you know these are the people I'm supporting how lovely uh, and these are the people looking me for advice how lovely these are the people who I can guide very lovely but also these are the people who fear me who resent me uh Uh, who see faults in me, who project their fear of authority onto me. And do. Not because they're bad people, but because they're people. Not because they're bad people, because they're human beings. Uh, And you can't really blame them for that. but then the position is one of just pretty cautious you never quite know when somebody's going to sort of take a pot shot at the person who they see as they've bookmarked leaders as bullies people who don't listen domineering power mongers those you cannot trust and they've got reasons to do that now I don't personally wish to be that but as soon as one's in that position, then the filter comes down, and that's definitely something that could be seen and um, reacted to, because you're then placed. The specific eunus is placed in the group of what leaders do to me. Because when I was at school, and when I was in a job, when I was in the army, it was like that. They' are beings who do not listen there's no reciprocity and I don't trust them so you get either direct attacks or you get the more live, use uh, common feature with not betrayals but what's called guerrilla warfare <laughs> which is this a little muttering goes on behind your back up in the tea room or in the people go out and they mutter so you build, there's a kind of, kind of muttering of or, or He thinks he's like this. You never know what's going on because it's never directed. You never hear it. You just go into the go into the group meeting. as a silence when you walk in. They go silent. You know, one of the monks mentioning this. He said he was, you know, he'd been just one of the lads. So he going to tea room, sit down. Oh, I have a cup of tea. So and so. And then gradually other people left till he gradually became substantially more senior than the newer people and he said i came to the room and everybody stopped talking you know he realized oh it's happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've become something (laughs) you know i was just i felt i was just the same person going in to see have a cup of tea with mates but they didn't see me as that when did that happen this day, that day that's what happens and you get the feeling of projection so naturally when you're the abbot of a monastery that's quite common that um, people uh, talk about behind your back and it's a feeling of um, both understanding it but also the heart feels betrayed, let down, because I didn't want to do it. You know, you feel you're doing this thing as a service for the sangha, and then you get set up for this. So you can get quite into quite a bit of self-pity and despair, and you know, it's not fair. And then you you look to some other senior monk. He's got his own problems. He says, so "You get on with yours. I'm dealing with my lot." You know, doing the same thing you yeah, know, well, they just kind of, oh, i just be mindful you know <laughs> 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 they go <laughs> and uh, so I, I had to just determine to keep my little list going and this is where I really got into the sense of embodied presence because when the heart sinks and the mind splutters and the reasons run out and the heart sinks yeah, just, all you have left is really your body I don't mean your muscles, I mean just the sense of here. Yeah. And feeling the emotion pushing, surging, rushing through you. And how you when you get these strong emotional responses, fear the sadness that comes with betrayal and the feeling of you know, that which I was relying upon has suddenly gone away. It's like your arm is falling off or your legs has been taken away and you feel you're collapsing. On an emotional level. Well, then, you know. Unfortunately, in those days, particularly, we weren't very good at looking after each other. So, you know, my teacher was too busy doing other stuff, and so on and so on and so on. Don't want to go into all that. But eventually, it comes back to I have to, I can't, my heart can't manage this, really, without just getting sour and defensive. But my body can. (coughs) Feeling the push of the emotion and widening my attention down through the entire body so I can feel from my feet up my back and feeling, hey this is what backs are for. They provide strength. Just Sensing the back and cutting off the thought Cutting off the why should I? It shouldn't be this way. What is it it's supposed to be compassionate? He doesn't I've done all I can. And So I so don't you know. After I put himself out for him, and know, he's doing this, and it shouldn't be like that. And this is enough. You know, not going anywhere useful. True, could be true, but not going anywhere useful. And you feel a surging and sinking of the heart, and the, the heart looking for refuge. Who's going to help? who's going to support me, who's going to look after me, who's going to pick me up you look around, nobody because they're busy meditating or something <laughs> 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 and they're just, okay, <laughs> right <laughs> so, okay, here's that. here's that feeling of sinking where's it sinking? in the heart, in the belly going cold, feeling lost, space around me seemed to have no air in it, you know, out there, stand up, feel your body standing, open the body, front of the body, strengthen the back, breathing out, down into the feet, and you learn to hold the heart, not to change it, but just to hold it hold it so instead of it trembling and contracting the body energy holds it open the body energy holds it open because the body energy and the heart energy are very closely connected aren't they when you feel fear your body jumps when you feel love your body opens they're deeply connected so then you feel that sense of despair and despond going down and you just bring up your body hold it strong, hold it steady hold it patiently and just keep resting the heart onto that energetic presence because it keeps holding the heart open the heart's sorrows and pains come out and yet the body discharges that it doesn't give one an emotional Conversation—it just gives one a presence that's steady, stable, not moving away from, not moving away from, not closing, not blaming, not blaming oneself for being feeble, not blaming other people. Doesn't do you any good. True, <laughs> maybe doesn't do you any good. Just using your body to discharge the surge of heart feeling. Mm-hmm. I haven't closed down. It hasn't managed to close me down. Mm-hmm. These are this is these are refuges. This bodily presence is a refuge. There and it's something to be encouraged. Whenever one experiences the benevolent, the generous, the kind, it's important not just that, oh, thanks very much, oh, she's a nice woman, that's great, thanks a lot, but to just take that and rest your body on that. Really take it in and feel how what's happening, linger in it, feel what's happening. your face your skin your chest when you don't have to be rushing defending making things better feeling embarrassed by people's pleasant feelings like oh you shouldn't really i'm okay you know just hold it steady and take it in because this is whether they call it punya or value or merit or goodness it begins to saturate the body and your body becomes fed by that and the body energy becomes fed by that You know what that feels like and your heart picks that up. So you've got an embodied bookmark now. A bookmark around the non-aggressive, a bookmark around the non-betraying, a bookmark around the non-hostile, a bookmark on the the non-deceit which otherwise we don't bookmark. So therefore you then you build up a library of references. So when the rubbish comes your way the pain comes your way, the hurt comes your way, as it will, being in human society, human beings, confused human beings with their own chaos, then you've got something you don't have to lash back, you don't have to run away, you've got a place of discharge. And this is very important. Now in order just to even acknowledge what's going on in terms of these emotional resonances, you know, you take time, linger in the meanings of what my thought is doing. Is my thought comfortable or is it agitated? Is it restless? Is it I don't see why I have, is it defence, I don't suppose I should have to do this, I don't have to do this? No, of course you don't. I don't have to do this. Why are you saying that? I don't have to do you can't make what are you saying? You're feeling the felt meaning of power, forced, have to. Check that one. Check it. Maybe it's valid, maybe it's not valid. In terms of external circumstances, but this is one of your bookmarks. Let's have a look at that page again. Go to that page. How does it feel? And you realise you're reliving old history. because those bookmarks were placed there for very good reasons they, they were there that was part of the script and something your heart hasn't turned the page yet you know, you left the feeling behind because it was too uncomfortable and you went somewhere else but you actually haven't really turned the page in your heart turn the page, you have to look again at the script and how is that? Now okay, can you take some of those felt meanings, those pressures, those pushes, and discharge them, slowly. slowly. With whatever patience and generosity it takes, with whatever personal transformation occurs around that. Like, you know, when, I, when I'm in my weak spot, I'm not this same person. I'm not this person who's talking to you now, I'm a different person, I'm quiet, I feel weak, I don't feel strong, I don't feel I can talk to anybody, it's different. I have to go to that person, rather than feel ashamed of that person, go to that person who's not strong, and hold him carefully, and hold him in the body breathe into it what it takes to turn the page to return to the feeling that we left behind and return to it now with a sense of there is a way and a means that this uncomfortable personally disappointing experience is actually the keyhole in the door for liberation if you notice in any door the keyhole is the tiny little feature of it but it's the keyhole it's what you need to know <laughs> you're bashing on the door it's not going to work you get to that keyhole of what my felt meaning of me is at this time and you enter it and see if you can just hold it and relate to that with embodiment yeah you get the embodiment you've immediately got some sense of a distancing, not, a, not an absent distancing but perspective. This is the feeling, this is not self, this is a program, this is a felt meaning, it's that. You know, hold steady, hold wide, hold slowly, hold with no aim to get rid of it or change it. Hold it openly and it will receive that, it will gradually move and drain and then you turn the page end of that now of course you know that that can be the case likelihood is we we might end it and have to go back to it again less intensely this time and then again not so intensely and then again just the ripple and then again just the oh well but the mark is getting rubbed out this is the way we clear and in that process strange strengths we didn't know we had arise these are the uh, the bounty of awakening so let's take some time for individual practice